I think at the time, especially like getting fourth twice, I was kind of like, I don't deserve this. Like this mm. isn't mine. And I was a little like imposterish, but I think it's like such a cool tradition that USA swimming does. And like the fact that like the finals relay, like kind of like gives it to the prelims relay, like in front of the whole team. And it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like its own little ceremony and it's like really special. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got the full crew, Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and joining us on the East Coast time zone, Ryan White. What's going on, Ryan? How are you? Good. I'm happy to be here. Excited to talk to you guys and let you guys get to know me a little. So Nice. You're very vibrant today in this, yeah. what do we call this color? Fuchsia? Pink? Oh, this is some nice hot pink, if you ask me. <laughs> He's bringing the pink. We should have all matched. Luke's usually wearing his pink social kick shirt. But okay. Exactly. I'll go get it. We got a few uh, quick audience questions to get us going today. Linnea Mack, national team member, wants to know, what vegetable do you most feel like when you swim? Oh, oh, I've never been asked this question. <laughs> Probably try to feel like a string bean. Because they're tall and I'm not very tall, so. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And you are racing some string beans in your events. All right. <laughs> What's worse, flip turns with a sinus headache or practice when you're hungover? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Those are so close. That's so bad. Um, I think the sinus headache. That's just like not good yeah. it's not a good feeling sinus headache is brutal yeah. before i started wearing magic five goggles i didn't notice how many times that i would stop and clear out my goggles in between reps but then once i started wearing them i realized that i didn't have that same need not just for fog but for comfort yep. and i just had a tendency to to like take my goggles off for a quick break because I don't know why. Once I started wearing really comfortable goggles, I stopped doing that. And that's really what Magic 5 does for me. It's like, I just have a comfortable goggle that's tailor cut for my face. So you can support Social Kick directly by picking up a pair of Magic 5 goggles using our affiliate link. Go to themagic5.com slash socialkick. All right. And this one uh, will be maybe not so rapid, but um, we had someone asking, how is the training in North Carolina going? What's going on? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's a lot different. I'm doing a lot of different stuff than I'm mm. used to. One thing I've, like, never done, I have, like, Monday, Tuesday, Friday double as of right now in, like, this part of the season. It's so hard to wake up two mornings in a row. It's actually, I guess that's three, because then we have, like, only morning on Wednesday. So it's, like, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I wake up so early. Uh, but it's good. I like it a lot. My legs, um, I don't think they've stopped being sore since I got here <laughs> at the end of August. So it's good. Wait, what is so early? I always find it interesting with different programs. When I swam, I remember we started practice at the earliest at 6 a.m. And then um, on, at some point in my career, we sw I switched from ever doing pool first because I was in the sprint group. We would uh -huh. lift at 6. So the only time I hit the water first thing in the morning was Saturday, and it was at 7. So it wasn't that bad. But my friends who swam at Georgia, they were in the water at 5.15. Oh. And I thought that was the craziest, earliest thing. What's what's early? What's too early? What's your schedule now? Yeah, 5.15 uh, is definitely too early. <laughs> to be hitting water, that's not, not okay. Um, at Bama, like my earliest morning was 6. And that, I don't think it happened very often because, like, I don't remember that that much. And that was, like, I don't even know. But now I, like, lift first. I'm in, like, a sprint group, so we lift first. And we lift at 545, which I think is extremely early still. And, like, I like to be awake when I get to practice. Um, it helps if you go, like, to swim first because you jump in and you're awake. But, like, my alarm is set for 455 for weights at 545. And, like it's hard to wake up. So that's on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then the Tuesday morning is swimming at 6.15. So that's like sleeping in, but yeah, Saturdays later, but. 
you know, we haven't got into the madness of morning practice on our shows much. We haven't talked about that much. And it is ridiculous what we do. Uh, I, I remember coming from Trinidad, from the Caribbean, going to Montreal, and the pool at the school was being renovated. So they had us go to a college, like a junior college pool. It was a half an hour walk. And when winter hit you, and you used to be here for 6 a.m., I'm like, what am I doing at 5.30 in the morning walking in winter in Montreal there? So, I look, I, of course, I seldom went to morning practice, and my times went like this. Um, but, then, <laughs> but then I learned that and my brother and I lived at an apartment complex literally across the street from the pool. Like, you come out the apartment, the traffic lights there, you cross, you enter the pool. And I think pools should be designed with like apartments above them, or like we should sleep in the in the place, like underground tunnels. Don't you think? So you minimize your walk time to pool. Come on. <laughs> How I mean, far the sprinter, yeah. The sprinter in me says yes for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the short walk. Maximize sleep in the morning, man. Jesus. Yeah. I remember doing a training camp in Arizona once and um, they had their locker rooms in the basketball arena. And so you'd go in, put your suit on and then put your clothes back on in the middle of the winter and walk out to the pool and stand there in a parka and whatever else was warm because it was 30, like 20, 30 degrees outside. And then steam coming off of the pool. So it's yeah. like dressed, like, you know, change out, dressed again, and then da, 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 until you're ready to get in. It's like, this sucks. I hate this. Yeah, my sophomore year, the pool at Bama, like, the, they were redoing both the pools. And for some reason, they, like, did the outdoor pool first. And so all winter, the indoor pool was under construction. And you think it's like, oh, the south, it doesn't get that cold. But, like, yeah, we couldn't see the other side of the pool because there's so much yeah. steam coming off of it. And we're all, like, in our parkas and, like, yeah. <laughs> and then it's just, like, here's the warm-up. And you just, like, drop it and jump in. And the coaches are fine because they're like standing under these really nice brand new heaters that Alabama has. And it's like, that's great. I'm happy for you. Just like sipping coffee. But we're over here shivering and like, but they at least heated the pool. So that was good. Well, I'm curious. Do you have a different mentality the mornings you wake up and you're going to the gym first, even though it's a little earlier? Mm -hmm. Does it feel like I, for me mentally going, knowing that I'm not going to... Yeah like the mental preparation that it takes to jump into the pool in the morning is so difficult that I'm like, okay, well, I don't feel like I'm going to have a thousand knives stabbing into my body <laughs> right now. I can just, well, that suits think, on you. you know, I think you that's why the coaches are chill. Not only are they drinking coffee yeah. and they're dressed, but it's like, they're not thinking about what's about to come next. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think the mentality definitely changes. Like, when I get up for weights, I also think like, okay, I need to be like awake when I get there. But if I'm going to go swim, I'm just kind of rolling out of bed. Like if I leave a few minutes late, it's going to be, it's going to be okay because the water is going to be freezing either way. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to get into this more about how we have morning practice, like we're all talking about and how we get there and we're pretty much half asleep going through the motions. Is there really anything valuable for that? I mean, I guess you could argue that, all right, well, you spend an hour waking up and then maybe, you know, an hour of quality or 30 minutes of quality after that. But I know all of us have gone to the pool. We're half asleep. We're going through the motions. There's no way our technique is perfect or even close to anything we're trying to accomplish. Is it really worth it? Kind of like Luke said, it goes back to this crazy morning practice ritual. Do we think we should just push it back if we can a little later and have a shorter workout to be more productive. Well, Cam McAvoy told us that he just wakes up, texts his coach, all right, it's 12, let's go. And he, he has he has a luxury to be able to go when he's ready to go, when he's awake and, and he sets his workout quite fluid. And he says that's a huge value to his training, that he is ready to go when he's ready to go. What do you guys think? I mean, That does sound yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, it's like harder with the college team because they have classes to get to yeah um but i don't know i think some things just are how they are they're not changing <laughs> well so i'm against this in high school so i didn't train mornings in high school because i valued sleep and i just didn't see the importance of of doing that but they did offer them in my program and then i arrived in college and you know most people came from a program where they trained mornings in high school and i'm still an advocate for high schoolers only training once a day just because i think the sleep is more important than you know just there's plenty of training to come later with all of these doubles and i don't know 
I, w- I would rather get a full, you know, whatever it is amount of sleep. And at that point in your life too, where your, uh, you know, your sleep patterns are shifting a bit on the, on the later side, early on, you, I, 6am practice, anything in the five o'clock hour, way too early. Like you, even now setting your alarm in the four o'clock hour, to me, that's the signal of too early. I never want to set my alarm with anything that starts with a four. Yeah. Some days it's 457. So it's not really a four if you think about it. But, but um, yeah. It's nice if you could align yourself with a coach or program that could be a little bit more flexible for what the athlete wants or needs versus what suits the coach or the pool time. So an example is my brother was uh, going for his second Olympics in Athens and the coach had work starting at 6.30. So he made Sebastian train at, at 4.30 in the morning and then he had to go for a full day of work. And I, really, I remember being really upset by that. Like, wait a second, what's the priority here? You know, is this is damaging the swimmer? And he got so sick so often. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I like when professional swimmers can have a more of adaptable coaching regime. I think it's a big, big benefit for that. I know it's hard, absolutely, because the coach can't coach, you know, you, Ryan, and the team, you know, at separate mm-hmm. times. That doesn't make yeah. sense. But when you can get that situation, I think it's very valuable, which I, I often see pro swimmers having their own dedicated coach or coaching staff sometimes, you know? Yeah, we're we're in the theoretical world now. If we're having oh, yeah. everyone going <laughs> their own workouts whenever they want, right? I think it, it sounds good, but it's not really possible. Um, one one yeah. thing, like you said, be not having morning practice in high school. Ryan, did you have morning practice in high school? Yeah, I started. I think I started like maybe my junior year, mm-hmm. and it was like we did a a days and b days in my school. So we had morning practice. Sometimes it would be like three days a week and sometimes it would only be two depending on like, cause I swam, I think on like B days or something like that. So, um, but most of the time it was like only about an hour and I, I, I like doing it just because like on a club team, like it's so busy. And when you're like one of the better athletes on your club team, mm-hmm. You're still getting like a bunch of attention, but I just felt like going to those morning practices, I got to like develop my backstroke a little bit more and my underwater work. And like, I just, I like remember sets from morning practices that were like strictly backstroke or like backstroke pull. And like, I wouldn't say it was ever like harder than the morning practice. It was just more like detail oriented. So I appreciated it. And do you think having those, because I think one of the main club arguments, other than what you said, like you said, that more individuality is huge at, at any level or any stage. But another argument is that, well, we want to have some morning practices at club to prep you for college, because we know in college there's going to be some morning practices. Do you think that helped you out there? Um, I think if like a club athlete's going to, or like a club swimmer is going to do morning practices, I feel like they'd have to be really careful about it because I do think that like if you didn't do morning practices in club like how would you not get faster mm-hmm. like once you start doing them in college and like college is such a big change on your body so like probably like hopefully you'd get faster your freshman year no matter what but if you go from like not doing doubles to doing doubles I guess yeah you could get injured but I would think that like it would be a good confidence boost like well I'm swimming so much more like I will go faster so I don't know I feel like there's like a double-edged sword there with doing them and not. Yeah. I used to coach high school swimming in California and in morning practice, the amount of steam that came off the, the pool and ice on a kickboard sometimes. But I do know a lot of the girls would be hiding at the far end because the amount of steam, <laughs> we couldn't find them. <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> now, going back earlier, did, did you say you were in the sprint group? Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting. I'm... I'm in the sprint group here, but the sprint group here is a lot different than other sprint groups that I've seen. And there are days like yesterday I went into like the 200 IM group and on like Monday I do like two back stuff. Um, Brayden is really good at writing like practices. I'm in the sprint group, but sometimes there's three practices in the sprint group and it's really like there's, there's enough space, which I'm surprised about, but I'm always in the group C of sprint, which is the long group. So it is a sprint group, but it's not. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. (laughs) Group C of sprint group. And sometimes too, I'll have like my own practice in a group of people that are doing something else. 
So, which is okay. Sometimes sad. How much of that do you have influence over? Uh, yeah, what's the what's the communication been like, and what what kind of led to this move in general? Um, we had a meeting like a few weeks ago about just like the game plan, and like through, I think like probably Christmas training, I'm on like one plan, and then I'll move to like something else later on with like more long course and stuff. So like right now it's more short course. It's not more short course, but it's more than what I will be doing. Um, but I think like, I just, as I moved, like I was in contact with Brayden. So like when I decided to come here, I was like, well, I want to swim under you. Um, and then there's like Kennedy Noble who swims the two back. And I like to do, I've always done like I am training. So that's why I like wanted to go to the two I am group. And then there's like another day during the week that I swim. I am. Um, but it's just, it just kind of makes sense. And I get to train with Catherine, which is really nice. Um, we get to like do like the backstroke sets together. There's other backstrokers too, that are just like, there's some sprinty people here and also some like 200 backstroke people here. So it works out really well for me to like be in kind of both groups. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, I think, I think there's a lot of communication here. I've obviously never been a pro before, but I think it's going pretty well. I like it. So well, are you the type of person who's typically had, um, you know, a good dialogue with able, like the ability to express your needs and have some self-awareness about your training? Or do you prefer to put it in the coach's hands and say, just take me wherever? Um, I think before I got here, I put it in the coach's hands and I wish that I hadn't done that as much. I wish I was like more aware of what I needed because when I came, I was like, I don't know, Brayden, like you, you and I will have to figure it out as we go. And I wish that I could have showed up and been like, this is what I need. This is what I want to do. I mean, it worked. I made the world seem so that was good. But um, now it's it's really interesting, like paying attention to that stuff, because I notice now, like, what do I need? And like, I, I just feel like I've learned a lot about my body and a lot about my training in the past, like, two, three months, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I try to be more vocal about it now. What are some of those specifics that you feel like you wish you would have vocalized that you think maybe would have helped training before now? Uh, I think just like, I didn't think, or, well, I never thought about how much like more power I could be doing. And I do a lot more power now, which I like, but, um, that's like one thing I did a lot of power last year, but it was like, it was like not specific. It was kind of like very general power. Um, and here, like I'm able to do power and be thinking like, okay, this is for my hundred back or my 50 back or like even just the way that I'm like pushing off the wall, I feel like it's like different when we're doing power. Cause I'm like so much more intentional about it. Um, that's one thing. Um, I do. I like the weights program here and I feel like I've been able to like tell them what I like to do. And luckily we do that here. So, and like I do weights, I just, um, their weights coach writes my stuff. So, mm. yeah. You talked about, um, your legs being more sore now than they've ever been. Is that coming from this leg program in the gym? What's, what's <laughs> leading to that? Um, I think it's from, okay. I think it's partially because I do so much more power. I think like my body, the like exhaustion is just a little bit higher. Um, but also I'm doing like a biking, like a cycling program mm. and it's really hard. I'm like sitting on the bike, like dripping sweat, like fighting demons. And it's just like, <laughs> it's really hard. And I'm doing it like just at the gym that like the pool is connected to. Um, but I ha I'm like on a bike and it's really low RPMs with really high resistance. So I'm just like going like this slow. I'm like, Oh, uh -huh. so slow and it's just like burning my legs so yeah. yeah I've done triathlon training uh for several years now and part of the training is doing some of that strength training with low cadence uh bike work usually yeah. on a hill not um you know suffering inside of a gym and having to fight the demons that way that's yeah. even harder <laughs> it's nice I can see like the peloton bikes blow me and people are like on the screen of like they're riding their bike through like a nice wooded area or whatever and i'm just like watching on this i'm like trying to see it it's so small but yeah 
It's work, a lot of uh, things that I think about when I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to join a new program and have those types of things incorporated in. You like, I think that's one of the things that leads to longevity and in sport in general for most people is just like variety, new things to bring into your training. Like it's fun, it's interesting, it's it's new. There's new challenges. You learn about okay, like what can I do and how do I attack this different exercise in a different way? That must be really fun. Yeah. I've liked it so far. And there is like a lot of newness, even though it's still swimming and you think it's like so boring because it's like a line on the bottom. We're staring at the lines on the ceiling, but there's a lot of variation here. So yeah. I've been entertained. One other thing I wanted to ask about was, um, did you talk about uh, like wishing that when you arrived, you had more to say to bring to that conversation with Braden <laughs> about like, this is what, this is how I train, you know, um, so he could get to know you. Do you keep a training log or a diary? I remember trying that a few times and I just never, nothing ever really stuck. Yeah, I've never, I've like, I mean, sometimes I, I think in college, like I've tried to like write stuff down or I like write down like sets that I really liked or that I really hated. Um, just to remember those like painful moments. Uh, also, I've like gone through different periods where I would write like three things that I did well and like one thing that I didn't just to like be more intentional, I guess, with like paying attention in practice. But I don't keep a log. That's one thing Brendan asked me to do like the month before I came here and I did not do a very good job. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Now you talked about the variety and yeah, it's swimming people swimming's boring, but you getting there and it's being kind of exciting, doing some different things in the pool. Um, Braden has a reputation for being pretty creative, especially with like the, the college team dynamic, having different athletes kind of um, maybe calling out or having them give each other like times to go and practice instead of the coaches kind of running it. Mm. Um, have you been, you know, I guess as a pro, how does that kind of fit in with the different college environment and how do you feel like it's been interesting or they've been spicing it up for you uh yeah i think that it's pretty spicy here it's pretty interesting it's a lot different than i mean bama has a good uh like the culture there and i had a great time um it's so cool to see another program like from the inside it's not like oh i see nc state at meets and like yeah they're all like hugging each other after relays and stuff and like being very like cohesive but you don't ever get to like see it and now I like I get to and it is really cool um I think that yeah the coaches there's so many coaches there's like so many eyes on you all the time like you can always get feedback and stuff but um yeah I think that the team does a really good job of like cheering each other on and like calling each other out and like <laughs> we did like a inner squad meet or they did I guess I was included um but the one of the freshmen, the poor kid, had to do, like, he raced a 50 breasts, and then he had to do, like, four more 50 breasts. And the parents were like, oh, was he beating, getting picked on? But really, everyone was just getting, like, so hyped up, and it was really cool. Like, I had goosebumps, and I'm, like, getting ready for a two-back, and I'm, like, so scared and nervous just because, like, it's, like, kind of the first meet of the season or whatever. Um, but I, I just was, like, watching, and it's really cool because, like, I don't know. I'm excited for their dual meets and like to see how they do and everything. It is weird not being like part of yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and like they have the, they had their little inner squad and like they're posting about it. It's weird not being posted about, which is just like new for me. Um, I would say that's like the weirdest part, but um, it is really fun. They, they like include me in practice and stuff and like, we all get along. It's just different not being like actually officially part of it. So, yeah. yeah, it's a strange feeling when you're kind of on the outside looking in, and yeah. especially you know, you've moved programs, so maybe that maybe it helps or isolates you in in sort of a different way because otherwise your classmates or people that were your friend group that came along and maybe they've retired from swimming, they'd still be in town yeah. or you know, just finishing up and, um, yeah, suddenly you're the, you're the old lady on the block. Who's like, yeah. 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 And the other pros like went here. So it is a little, yeah. it's been a little, like, I wouldn't say like hard, but I don't know, just a little challenging to like connect right away and like 
you know, find like people to be close with. And it's a great group and I love it, but they already all know each other. So it's kind of hard sometimes. Well, has anybody um, like kind of welcomed you in by getting in your face yet? In practice, no, not really. I mean, <laughs> besides Brayden, he's in everyone's face like a lot of the time. He's pretty goofy, but. Brayden's <laughs> um, not taking off her fake tooth or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, me and Catherine keep it pretty uh, like civil, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny. Like sometimes the coaches will like put us next to each other and we're just like, it's okay. We don't always have to go together. <laughs> It'll be all right if we don't get to race today. <laughs> but yeah, we do like I. I like training with her. I think she enjoys having me here. So. And she said, I, "I got a question about the NCAA system because I didn't swim in. I swam in Canada, and the back in my day, the pros we were we had graduated, but we still trained trying to make the Olympics. We didn't get paid, so we're kind of not pros, but we were." Anyway, um, we swam at the dual meets, but we swam in like the first heat. So we got to swim still and still compete and saw our teammates cheer us on, but we, we didn't obviously score and stuff for our team. Can you do that in Stimulus? Like, Ryan, can you swim like in a first heat of a dual meet or something? Yeah, I think, yeah. I don't know if it would be like heat one or heat well, two. Whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's just like an exhibition heat. So like... Yeah. Sometimes college teams, they like the other team will, the traveling team or whatever, will bring like a smaller roster. So like sometimes that coach would be like, oh, we don't want to do exhibitions. It's going to take longer. So it kind of is like if the coaches are friends, I think, and then like Mm -hmm. if they agree that it's okay that they do exhibition heats. um, With like the fact that we have a few pros here, I feel like, and, like, Britain and I have talked about me doing, like, exhibition at their dual meet against, I think, like, Georgia. And we were going to go to ASU when they swim against ASU, but I'm not going to that anymore. Um, yeah. But that was going to be for, like, the pros to race each other and, like, yeah. the team to race each other and stuff. So, yeah, the answer is, yeah, like, we can do that. Cool. Yeah, I feel like usually it's the home team who's got the pros there and, you know, they just need a yeah. reason to race. Um, but it's not, like, every program that you visit has – you know, a bunch of pros, but if they've got sort of a critical mass of people who need some sort of race opportunity, honestly, it's a good showcase for swimming too. Cause let's be honest, like, unless it's NC state and Texas's dual meet last year, I don't know how many (laughs) packed houses you were at at dual meets, but it's not many of them. So, you know, nobody hardly even charges for tickets to get into a dual meet. So nobody's tailgating for them. So I don't think, you know, anything that you can do to kind of make a spectacle of it is, yeah. is better too. So, yeah. yeah. You had one I, Yeah, but, but a side note, I, I think like I would almost love to go swim at a Howard University dual meet because of the energy and, and even though the competition may not be, well, for me, it'd be fine, but the competition may not be the top notch, just the energy and the spectacle. You, you cannot not swim fast in that environment. And you know yeah. what I mean? Would you agree? Um, but I, you mentioned earlier, I take notes about what three things you do well and one things you improve and we've seen you swim and i remember seeing you swimming and standing next to you on deck and you you do swim longer than you stand on deck you know you are and, and yeah yeah you powerful so and what but and so we all have our ideas of what you do well from what we see you swim but what do you what's one thing you think you do well and what's one thing thing you think you could do better right hmm. now right now Well, I've been working on my turns and my breakouts because I think, like, last year I just lost sight of, like, the little details, Um, like, just over the year, and I didn't have a very good, like, NCAA Mm. or SECs, honestly. Um, So, like, now I've just been, like, very – trying to be very intentional, and I've said that already, but just, like, with my turns and, like, breakouts especially because – I don't know. I feel like those are the top, those are like the spots where like the best people yeah. get ahead, like even more. Um, Cause like yeah, we're all swimming fast, but it's like who can swim fast and hold their body together on like those small like transitions of where your body is sitting in the water and stuff. Um, so I'd say that's like what I'm working on right now. Something I do well. Uh, of course, it's harder to like compliment yourself. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think with how exhausted and like tired I've been, I think yeah. I've done a good job of like holding myself to the standard of like giving my whole, like all my effort 
when that's asked. Um, and there's a another pro here. His name is Gio. And, like, anytime we've gotten, like, kind of yelled at at practice for not being, um, like, attentive enough to what we're doing, Gio is, like, always the one person that's doing it, like, perfectly. And I've been a bit inspired by that. So I've tried to, like, even when I'm tired and, like, feeling heavy or exhausted, like, if it's four strokes as fast as possible, like, I'm going to go as fast as I can. So. Okay. Is there anything you're working on as far as 200 back long course race strategy? I was watching, like, your Olympic trials, Olympics, world champ trials, worlds, and it seems to be, you know, you kind of have some different strategies almost sometimes in the 200 back. Um, you know, obviously we have, like, Reagan, who's going to go out fast. You have Kaylee, who's known to, like, come home super strong. And like I said, watching you, I feel like I've seen some different approaches. So I'm curious, you know, is that something you're still dialing in or something that maybe I'm just missing completely? Uh, I don't know. I know, like, how I swim the short course two back, and I think I've, like, kind of tried to, like, do that in the long course two back, but obviously it's a completely different race. Uh, I My focus is usually, like, middle 100 because I sometimes back off way, like, back off too much on the second 50. Um, so I think, like, I believe that I will like always come home well. Um, and that's like something I'm somewhat prideful of. So I think like for me, it's the middle hundred that's tricky. And I don't know like how much to, should I back off or should I? And then like how much to push on the third 50. But yeah, I haven't like, we haven't done a lot of, I, I think right now this part of training is like, hurt your body and break you down and fight through it so there's not a lot of race strategy right now so i always think it's interesting to see people who um swim like bigger i think luke you made this comment about just like stature in general i think caleb's like another person who strikes me that way and of course like we've all had examples of people who swam really big and it doesn't matter like how uh, what you know how tall you are outside of the pool in, in general you can still swim bigger than uh than you seem i don't know what that is but like where where did that start for you what do you think the secret to that is because that's something that i always wanted to do and like i'm six four and i don't think that i actually swam bigger than i looked outside of the pool but you know to someone who's uh maybe like an age grouper or newer to swimming what what are some of the things that you think about or what were some have you always been that way were there some influences for you that really helped you just you know open up and swim big um i i would say i started swimming this way like my sophomore year of college uh my freshman year was not really as i had planned i didn't swim that well and then like going into my sophomore year, we got new coaches at Bama. And that's when like Ozzy started coaching me. And he just like, we would do so many drills where you're like, kind of like on your side with like your arm in the air, um, with like a very steady kick. And we would do like tapping, like tap at the top of your freestyle stroke. And then at the bottom and back at the top, um, like the TikTok drill or like, um, the clock drill or whatever. Um, but I think that like that's where it all started for me was like these drills and like swimming with Ozzy. We would we didn't really have like stroke counts, but like we would be doing 125s freestyle on like a pretty tight interval, and it would be like swim big, swim big, and he would like be on the side of the pool just like showing us to swim big and stuff and like cheering for us. Um, but I think I have a very like my advantage is that my legs are really strong and I'm very kick driven. Like I suck at pulling and like, especially if we're pulling and then they say just one big, that's really going to frustrate me because I can't, because my legs are like not doing anything. Um, but I think that's what helps me. is like, I have a very like steady, constant, like tight kick. And I think just like those drills. And that's actually weird because I was thinking about it the other day at practice. I was like, I need to do these drills because I feel like my freestyle has like shortened up a bit. You uh, you feel that way even after all those uh, backstroke sets uh, early morning in, in high school? You're doing a backstroke pull? <laughs> pull yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, backstroke pull is, like, different for me than freestyle pull. I like it more. But, yeah. So we did some half-assed internet research on all our guests and <laughs> always take us to Wikipedia. And you know you have a category called physique like it has headers and i don't know how they figure this out but you have a physique 
category <laughs> underneath it it says um you know ryan's cotton i think it's cottonwood high school coach yeah. um attributes her success to her hyperextended knees so i'd love for you to comment on that then we can all maybe talk about how hyperextension could maybe create elite swimmers all right yes that's that is weird that i have like this separate category for it um you have to check that out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my knees hyperextend very far, and, like, I don't know. They always have – I don't think – I ever thought it was weird until I was, like, 14, and I was, like – I had my legs up on, like, our coffee table, and my – I have older brothers, and my brother was, like, that's gross, and I was just, like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I – my knees hyperextend. My ankles are, like, extremely flexible, I do think it helps my underwaters a lot. Um, yeah, I think, like, if I was running, my knees would be so sad. And, like, because I think that even when I'm walking and stuff, they, like, probably go back a little further than normal, like, just when my legs are bending. Um, so I think, like, if I was doing a land sport, it would be, like, I would probably not have lasted very long. But luckily, there's not contact, so we're good. Well, you're doing a hybrid land sport now with all this pain cave on the on the bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. true. How's, true. The, how's the hyper extension working to your advantage on the stationary bike? <laughs> yeah, that's no. <laughs> One thing Luke brought up earlier is like uh, elbow hyper extendability, especially in backstroke. It's like it's, it's so pronounced where it's almost like it looks inverted. And yeah. uh, are you also hyper extended there or yeah. like all these uh, different points? I think I think my elbows are a little bit like other people I've noticed like have more hyperextension in their elbows, but I just have like really loose joints. Like my sister, when I was little, she like popped my shoulder out of its socket like three times, like trying to get me out of my crib and stuff. So I think I've always just been like very flexible. Um, and I did like power tumbling when I was younger and like a little bit of cheer. And so like, I think that that helped like I was already flexible but I think like even now I'm more flexible than I would say a lot of people because I think because like I was doing that too so yeah I think it's definitely an advantage this conversation made me think about UFC fights where they have the the tail of the tape and like before before the the bout you know you've got like each person their height their weight their reach now that, now that you've got a physique category, why don't we have that for, like, the walkout at Worlds? Yeah. It's got, like, <laughs> the physique, the tail of the tape. Negative 20, the extension angle. Yeah. <laughs> and then the commentators are like, let's get, a, let's get Rowdy and uh, whoever else is out there with, like, you know, in a full tux. <laughs> and they're standing on the deck going... Let's, Ryan White's going to use the hyperextension to her advantage here. Jim. <laughs> well, that would be not good. <laughs> John, do you, th do you think Ryan and other swimmers are more prone to injuries and have to do different things to strengthen the, the joints uh, around it? Um, you know, I'm thinking like, is, is um, Luca Orlando, for instance, does he have dislocation of shoulder because of sort of instability ligaments? Or do we have that with knees and elbows? What do you see, John and Ryan? Do you do stuff afterwards to help? You know. All right, we can go super nerdy here for a minute. So there is like um, a test called a Biton test. And it's like, can you bring your thumb to your forearm and all these different hypermobility things. And if you can do these and any hyperextensions, one of them, see, look, she's doing it easy. Um, <laughs> then you have a higher risk of hypermobility. And what this means is you probably have a higher percentage of a certain type of collagen fiber. So the collagen is a connective tissue and we have different, there's like collagen type one, two, three, and there's different amounts of pliability within these different ones. You can mm. go on like 23andMe and get a different, you know, genome test and see if you have more of this fiber. Now to your question, Luke, yes, I do think it increased your risk of injury because if you have more range of motion, mm -hmm. injuries are more likely to get injured at the end range. So if you're going beyond end range, it's more likely to be stressed there. So you usually need a little bit more strength and stability to be able to control that mobility. So if you have more range of motion, you have more responsibility for stability to be strong and healthy for the long run. And that's what we've seen. So I guess, Ryan, what are you doing to keep your knee nice and healthy other than not running? I think I agree that you probably shouldn't be doing these long runs. That would not be fun. 
And don't yeah. stress out. John just said that you have more responsibility now. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take responsibility um, for your extra collagen. <laughs> different collagen. Different. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do like I wouldn't say I've never really like thought of why I'm doing it or like that I'm doing it for that reason. But I do go to practice every day, like 30 minutes early to do like my dynamic warm up. And I think just like warming up and like stretching and doing like these little movements that are like going to strengthen the smaller muscles around your joints and stuff. I mean, I don't know anything about the human body really, but besides like how it works for me, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I go early, I stretch, I sometimes stay after and stretch, I like roll out very often. Um, I like, try to pay a lot of attention to when we're doing like the warm up for weights, because it is so early. And like, I'm coming from my bed. So like, my muscles are obviously like, not awake yet. Um, but that's probably like the extent of what I do. All right, we're gonna we're gonna switch to non swimming stuff. Okay. Right? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, so yeah, you're training, you're training for Paris, etc. But are you a full time pro? Are you going to grad school? Do, what's life like for you out of the water? And what else do you do? Yeah. I'm a professional swimmer and a professional napper. Boom. Yeah. Wait, okay. wait, wait. I need secrets on the napping. <laughs> napping. Tell me more. What, what secrets? What do you mean? You just like close your eyes? I you can't know? fall asleep in the middle of the day. Really? I'm a great night sleeper. I'll sleep through anything, but I suck at napping. Tell me oh. more. How do you do it? I just do it. Sometimes on my couch, sometimes in my bed. <laughs> sometimes like I have a little, uh, like, uh, it's kind of like a couch outside on my little porch. Um, yeah, I don't really do very many, very many things. Um, I haven't figured out what I want to fill my time with, um, but I'm not in grad school. I very much dislike school. So I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And <laughs> um, I talk to my mom on the phone way too often. I have plants and I really want to get a dog, but my apartment doesn't let you have dogs. So I think I'm going to ask them and yeah. be like, please, I'm a professional swimmer. How are you going to tell me no? <laughs> like, you know who I am? You want me to have a dog. <laughs> Do people know who you are? We, we speak to a lot of like medalists and stuff, and they're like, yeah, and yeah, they they don't they like they don't know me. What's no, I notice some of like the club swimmers like staring at me sometimes at the pool, and I'm like, yes, they know who I am. Familiar. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> um, one time I was stopped, like I was shopping at a store, and someone saw I have like my rings tattoos right here, yeah. and like I was wearing a tank top, and they could see like they're like, what is that tattoo? And I was like, this bad boy? I'm an Olympic <laughs> Um And then another time I was stopped, like, on campus at Bama. But this kid was, like, on the club team. Or, like, yeah, I guess it's, like, the club swim team. So once I found out that, I was like, dang it. I thought you were a real person. I... I was I, I was back home one year in Trinidad and I was coming out my house and at the end of my street is a gym and people park in my street all the time to go to the gym and this girl walks by with Olympic rings here on her shoulder and I know pretty much everybody who swam or competed for Trinidad Olympics and she did not look familiar. I'm like, what's that about? <laughs> this person got the Olympic rings because she was training to get the Olympics. Don't you think we need to like let people know like the protocol for getting a ring? <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> well wait have we talked about this because there no. was a guy in my era i won't know nick or john and i know yeah i saw him against a club he had the rings when we were in high school still <laughs> did he really I yeah this dude, like ryan, this dude had the, <laughs> ryan this dude had the olympic ring tattoo but it was um outlines and uh, then everybody was like wait is he on the olympic team like no i don't think so is he from a different country no he competes for the u.s and the, the apparently and it, like I did swim on like some national teams with him, so he's very good. Very good. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, the theory was once he made the team, he was going to fill him in with color. Oh, hmm. I think that out. like maybe he could have put like a paper on his wall that had the. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 but like that's not also what if you never accomplish your dreams and it's like they're staring at you like you never did me you never accomplished your dreams of making you look yeah, like what a on your body that yeah. would be kind of like haunting 
I have that too, but it's just the paper on my wall, so I can cover it up whenever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is something of the Olympic rings tattoo as well, like because one of the rings is yellow, and when you put it on, sometimes you don't see the yellow ring on on yeah. my complexion, right? So you have to outline yeah. it. It's, it's detailed, and also where you put it here, you have it here. You got to think about what's it going to look like when you're seventy. Yeah, so, like, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, I have mine. It's like very thin lines, and they're colored, and really, really bothers me when people are like, "Oh, you need to get the, you need to get it done again. You should like make them all black or whatever." And I'm like, "You should make the Olympics. <laughs> Stop telling me how to have my tattoo. I get so mad." I'm but, right. Um, yeah, I think it's really cute, and I hope it still looks okay when I'm 70, but yeah. Well, what, what do people say who don't know you, who say, oh, are you trying to, are you a big fan of the Olympics? Are you trying to, like, what do people tell you, or do they realize, do they know the protocol? When you say I think it? most people, like, know, but it's not really, like, a very visible spot unless yeah. I'm, like, unless I'm, like, somewhere that I'm being active or, yeah. like, yeah, but... I, I one time went to the post office because I was, like, mailing some stuff to, like, younger girls in Utah. Some just, like, like arena suits and practice suits and stuff and, like, clothes that I had that were extra. And I, like, also sent a little, like, piece of paper that had, like, my national team, like, uh, profile photo. And, like, I had, like, signed them. And the lady was, like, oh, are you a, are you an athlete? And I just told her, like, yeah, um, I am like a professional swimmer and she's like, oh, are you trying to like make the Olympic team? And then it's always awkward and you're just like, yes, but I also did. So, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, when do you get to like go again or try again? And I'm like, not until one month before. So the pressure's on. Don't worry. Yeah. Do you feel like your your stature and your height has anything to do with that? Because obviously you're not like this imposing six foot two female when he goes yeah i'm an olympian and it's like, oh, oh yeah you you know not that there's one look but i think yeah. you know, you know uh, it's <laughs> yeah no i don't think it has like i don't think people are like oh yeah she's short she probably won't make it but i think that they are mostly surprised when i say something like a lot of people ask me like soccer or gymnastics um which i think is a compliment so i'm not complaining yeah, I always get amused. I'm always amused by the way that people ask that question too about the Olympics. Like, I think my favorite one is, "Are you going to try out for yeah. the Olympics?" <laughs> like, yeah. you know, just like the terminology makes me chuckle. Like, yeah, I guess yeah, I, like like, I guess I'll go to yeah, I'll go to open tryouts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's let's bring up maybe a, a sore point. Um, you came fourth twice in the Olympics. That's the worst freaking position ever. I rather not make the finals. Like, how did you deal with that? Um, and and how did the silver medal feel, um, which came after the hundred? I think. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. did that feel? Let's talk about that journey. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think like first one hurt, second one hurt a lot more, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was rooming with Tori, uh, so she also was a fourth yeah. place. Yeah. So we had some good talks in our room and um, it's kind of hard because like everyone's on their own time and like they're there for the U.S. but they're there for themselves. So it's kind of like no one's really yeah. looking out for you. Um, I had a really good talk with like my coach at the Olympics was Greg Meehan and mm -hmm. like we just talked about how it should like um, be like an inspiration. Like we're here and like try not to like let it get me down. Um I'm typically, like, a pretty, like, growing up, I had to swim, like, so many events, and sometimes it was, like, some on the same day, and, like, even in college when I did, like, the 100 fly and the 100 back at NCs on the same day, it's, like, one race is over, like, you can't focus on it too much, it's, like, gotta think of the next one, and I also really like, um, Ozzy used to always say, like, keep your highs low and your lows high, so those are, like, some things that I think, like, it's weird, but I think the universe works in very, like, mysterious ways. And I think that, like, growing up and, like, learning that and also, like, Ozzy seeing it that much, like, I think for that reason, I was, like, kind of an meant to get forth, which really sucks. But, like, yeah. I think that's how you grow. And, like, I would say, yeah, it sucked at the time, but I think, like, I had a quick turnaround on the mentality of it and everything. And the silver medal, yeah, it's really cool. I would love to, um, like, earn my own and... Um, 
maybe make like a finals relay that would be sweet uh yeah. but it it still means like so much to me i mean i have it right there on my shelf um and like to have gotten it from reagan who like i've looked up to and also competed against and it's really sweet it's really cool and i like i think about it a lot so yeah no kudos for the mentality and i remember that Aussie quote thank you um how, how would you approach an olympic final differently because you're going to be there in paris you're going to be in the finals i know it how are you going to, what's yeah. what what's your what's your mindset how are you going to learn from that how have you matured not matured i should say changed in the, in the, in the three four years yeah no i think matured is a fine yeah. word to use yeah. because i've like gained so much experience now um competing like at just a few more meets internationally so and like having some heartbreaks of like ncaa's like yeah. coming second in like going down in placements like over the next couple of years after that so um yeah I think my mentality of swimming is just completely different than what it was in college I think there's like so much more pressure in college and here like as a pro I'm kind of like yeah like my family's gonna love me no matter what and I'm doing this because I love it and I get to train with like some of the best swimmers in the world here at NC State like I see them every day and like they get to know my personality as a like a human so I think that like my vision of swimming is different. Um, mm. And I think that like, of course there's pressure behind the blocks and it's gonna be completely different. Like having an actual audience watching versus yeah. like when COVID was going on. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm just like more at peace with like who I am as a person and like who I am in the water and that mm. they're like not, I'm not who I am as a person because of who I am in the water, so. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Good. Much about it. You mentioned wanting to, you know, be on the the finals relay, being the the backstroke leg there. And there's some people that feel that the prelim swimmers, because not every country can have different prelim swimmers and and all these different things, that the prelim swimmers shouldn't get the medal that you know the finals swimmers get. What are your thoughts on that? On someone that you know, like you said, you, you cherish your silver medal and you have it sitting right there. Yeah, uh, I think at the time, especially like getting fourth twice, I was kind of like, I don't deserve this. Like, this mm. isn't mine. And I was a little like imposterish, but I think it's like such a cool tradition that USA Swimming does. And like the fact that like the finals relay, like kind of like gives it to the prelims relay, like in front of the whole team. And it's like, I don't know, it's kind of like its own little ceremony and it's like really special. I think. Uh, people are going to say something if they do that or not. So it doesn't really matter, but I think it's like motivating. I mean, yeah, I have a silver medal. Um, and like I was on the prelims relay, but I think that like I had a big part in like mm -hmm. letting the final swimmers be ready to swim that mm -hmm. night. Exactly. So, yeah. This is kind of a random turn, but have you ever been part of um, a challenging <laughs> like team usa coach swimmer selection for a relay because sometimes those decisions can be a little wonky and uh <laughs> like i don't know I, I i've experienced it before where there was some uncertainty on the team of who gets selected and it's like really tight based on the prelim swimmers and maybe in the medley it's not as much of a decision or made like because you're only choosing between two usually yeah. it's not always the case but have you ever come across that before where there's like some awkward tension <laughs> um no, not really. I haven't. I think, like, one of the meets we went to, I think it might have been Worlds in Budapest, like, maybe, I could be wrong, but it was because, like, Tori and Claire were swimming, like, freestyle and fly, and it was, like, who to pick, but I don't, I don't remember any, like, drama, and, like, for myself, no, because I swim backstroke only, and, like, that's, like, a, four, a 200 freestyle, like, 800 free relay type thing, I think, but, yeah. um, I would love to be a fly on the wall in the coach's room when they're going through the um, the mixed relay because yeah, that that's would... like so many different combinations. And I think as the team that may potentially be on that relay, that one, it's like if you're a single gender relay, yeah. you kind of have an idea of like, okay, yeah. I'm either going to get it or I'm not, or maybe, you know, but yeah. when it's the mixed relay, I don't know, it's, it's less straightforward. So I'd love yeah, to hear kind think... of all the different opinions. Yeah, I think also, like, with freestyle mixed relays, it's way more confusing. But I feel like with the medley, it's kind of like they always have a guy doing a certain stroke, I think, right? I don't even know. I don't... It's pretty consistent, yeah. 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 
So, uh, talking about the selection process for this, I I always felt it weird because um, I'll give a personal story and then ask a question. I, I remember being coaches deciding who's traveling four by two at nationals, and it was whoever was the top four two hundred freestylers on our team in in the prelims. Then they took that and and, and individual swims and they put you in a relay. And I remember coming fifth, and I was like, but I just knew in a relay I'd be so much better. Like I was a relay swimmer. I, that's what I would do. I'll go much faster. It's much more motivating. And yeah. I got I got upset, and I knew when I saw those times, like I could have gone a second half faster. I wonder how much coaches this way, like, yeah, well, he probably just had one bad swim, or she had one bad swim individual. But I know they always step up for relays and they drop it, you know, because that's that's the decision that gets made most of the time, right? Or is it? Do they take into account Ryan's a freaking amazing anchor leg always, and she always brings it? You know, Brian, you uh, talk a story about Dave Marsh, you know? So, yeah, yeah. tell us about Yeah. I think, I think that they would, like, take into consideration. I think backstroke kind of has a disadvantage in that mm. aspect because you are going first. So yeah. it's like you don't get the swing. You don't, like, if I was a freestyler, I would, like, practice my swing so much to, like, make sure that I had the best reaction time. Like, I would want to be in the conversation, like, okay, well, she went slower, but her reaction time is, like, always spot on. It's always good. It's not, like dqing but it's not slow like and i think that has something like really big to do with probably how they decide stuff and like yeah yeah, some people like have more heart to do relays it's just like how they are um but i think backstroke has like a disadvantage because you're not gonna have any swing like (laughs) yeah are you saying he has a lot of heart is that what you're implying (laughs) (laughs) he's not the guy be careful what you say no, but I often swam for others with more passion and, and care than I swam for myself. I mean, I literally yeah, have yeah. memories of me, like, in a race going, got to do it, got to do it for the team. Like, I just, I was, didn't want to let it down. And that motivated me than my own self. It was a mistake of my swimming, but yeah. So. All right, Ryan, we got some rapid fire questions to wrap up. All right. What's the hardest race in swimming? Uh, Tuner fly. Olympic gold or world record? World record. Do you pee in the pool? Of course. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, which event should be traded out or the 50s of stroke are going to be added to the Olympics? Which one should we take away? Hmm. Hmm. Probably the mile. I'm sorry, but like it's kind of boring. So boring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had a couple from the audience here. Favorite backstroke set? Uh, I don't know if I know any off the top of my head. <laughs> you zone out. No diary here for backstroke sets. <laughs> I remember the IM sets because they're like the most traumatizing. Well, speaking of, another one from the audience is why is the 100 IM not an NCAA event? Because it's too short. I don't think it should be an event. <laughs> oh, bold. All right. What was the last time you cried at practice? Oh, like last week, I would say. Uh, but <laughs> it wasn't actually during practice. It was before practice because I was expecting a active rest. And then they started to tell us to get out our parachutes and stuff. And I was like, wait, that's not active rest. No. <laughs> Yeah, I was having a day. It was right after I biked, actually. (laughs) Demons. The demons are out. Yeah. Oh, coaches are trolling you. All right, what's the the best race that you ever saw in person? Mm, To be honest, I'm not really a swim fan. So, like, I don't know. Let me think for a second. Are you even conscious when you're on deck? (laughs) Yes. <laughs> she's not like watching uh like the 50 free it's really cool like at ncaa's it's really cool because it's like so close i will say like yeah. any 50 free nc's it doesn't require a lot of attention span either you know it's yeah cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey <laughs> all right uh last couple what times will it take to make the u.s team in the 100 and 200 back next summer do I want to answer? I don't think I like this question. I don't know. Maybe you don't. Do you have a do you, how about this? Maybe we'll change it. Will the world records in both events be broken next summer? I was just gonna say, yeah. Probably world record in the hundred bag. Yeah. 
Okay. And two back, I don't know. It's such a hard, like, there's so many people that could make the team in backstroke. It's the hardest event to make the team, but that's just me. Yeah. Oh, I think you're, I, I think we would agree with you there. All right. Yeah. Last one is what is the appropriate volume of social kick in practice? What do you mean? How much social kick should you do? There should definitely be some in warm-up because mm -hmm. not everybody cools down and you want to be talking to people during practice. Yeah. Probably like a 300, but I never get to do a 300 social kick. <laughs> mm. I would say that there should be some in the beginning and then in the middle and then also at the end. <laughs> and then, and then maybe, there yeah. should be some at the end, but some people just like leave after and you're like, want a kick? And they're like... Mm, yeah, I'm leaving. Okay. This is just going to further help that leg development. That's great. You're, you've adapted. Yeah. Oh, Ryan, it's so much fun hanging out with you. Thanks for spending the time with us. We really enjoyed it. Yeah, this was fun. Awesome. Well, that's it for uh, this episode of Social Kick. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website.